reading from the book of 1 John. Behold, I am writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. At the same time, it is new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. I'm writing you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. I'm writing you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, children, because you know the Father. I write to your fathers because you know who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him for all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does not, does the will of God abides forever. This is the word of the Lord. All right, well, good morning again. For those who are new with us, my name is Cody Quinn. I'm the pastor of Students and Connections here at One Fellowship. And before we dive into our passage, let me say one more quick word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for your goodness, your grace, your love, your mercy. Father, we thank you for for you. Father, would would your words be my words? God, would you cut us to the hearts? Would you help us to be more and more like you? From this day forward, in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So the title of my message today is To Love or Not to Love. And hopefully that'll make sense by the time we finish up today. But to love or not to love. Now, as is custom, let me open up with a question. Do you think, audience participation, try not to hurt my feelings. Do you think that I can bench 500 pounds? All right, y'all were kind there. I'm pretty obviously, um, it's probably not, um, probably a negative. But if I could, if I could bench 500 pounds, what would be the proof? Again, audience participation. Video. What else? Muscles. Okay. Okay, we'll stop there. We'll stop there. Audience participation has been cut from the rest of... The sermon, but there would be proof. There would be evidence, right? You would see me at crunch, loading up the plates, benching. You would see, you know, more muscles probably. Well, more because there are some, right? Right? Um, there would be evidence. There would be proof. Okay, let me ask you this question. If I was to say I was a trophy fisherman, right, what would be the proof? How would you know unless you just saw me catching 
a trophy fish, what would be your proof? Fish. If you came over to the house, probably have a trophy fish on the wall. Like there's all sorts of things. My social media would probably be blowing up, right? Like there's a lot of evidence or proof that you could see that I was a trophy fisherman. Anytime we talked, if we met and hung out and talked, we'd probably end up talking about fishing and how good I was at it. You'd probably figure it out. Okay, last one. If I said I could speak five different languages, what would be the evidence? You could hear it. I might could, you know, say something in a different language and you wouldn't know I'd have to be in conversation with others in another language and you could see if the conversation flowed. I do speak um, Beulahville or, or country. I don't know that that's considered a language, um, but you might could understand that. Uh, but if I spoke another language, there, there's these different ways that it would be proved. Uh, there would be different evidence. And that is what John is getting to here in the letter of 1 John, here at the beginning, here in chapter 2, is that if you say you are a believer in Jesus, that if Christ is Lord of your life, there will be proof. There will be evidence that people can look at and listen to and say, you must be a believer in Jesus. There is evidence where you can kind of check your, your faith pulse and say, hey, I am growing in the Lord. There's evidence. There's proof. And this leads us to the big idea of our baseline evidence of our faith is to live a life of love for Jesus and our neighbor. It's the baseline. Living a life of love is the baseline for our faith. And so as we continue to walk through 1 John today and in the coming weeks, this was a series we started last week, um, it's important to remember that this is an apostle of Christ who, who wrote this book. He talked with, he walked with, he did life with Jesus. He had these, this first hand, these firsthand encounters with Jesus in the flesh, just like me and you with each other. He had that with Jesus. So he's a reliable source. And so what he's telling us in this letter in 1 John, in chapter 2, he says, hey, there's a few different pieces of evidence, a few different tests that you can perform to see if you are a believer, that you can have assurance in your faith. And we see that in, in verse 6 in chapter 2 of 1 John. Here's how you will know. But from the onset, and we're going to talk about this at the end again, but from the onset, these tests, this assurance is not meant to condemn you. It's not meant for you to, to be a measuring stick of, hey, okay, now I'm a, a quality enough Christian. Here's the proof. I've made it. I've arrived. I, I am, I'm, I'm doing this well. It's not a measuring stick. It's just a pulse check to say, hey, I am growing. What I read about in scripture, it's, it's being fruitful. What I read about here, I am living that life. How I see Jesus lived, I am living that out here. So it's a pulse check. And so as I go throughout the sermon today, check your pulse. Gauge where you are. Test yourself and to see. But if you start feeling condemned or bad about yourself, that's not of the Lord. And we'll talk about that. But this all leads us to point number one, which is love. Love. So our passage today, 1 John chapter 2, verse 7 to 11 reads this. Beloved, I am writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. At the same time, it is a new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in him and in you. 
because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. And so we see John here strike right to the court of we are to love our brothers, not to hate them. But he starts off saying this is a new commandment, not an old commandment, but it is an old commandment. It's also a new commandment. He kind of plays around with those two words there. What is he saying? He's saying that from the very beginning, the scriptures that they had in these days, they knew this love your neighbor command. We read it in Deuteronomy. They knew from the very beginning that those around them, specifically in our context here, those in your church, those in your faith family, you are to love. You are not to hate. They heard it there, but John's writing from a New Testament point of view. Jesus has come. He's died for our sins. He has risen. He's seen Jesus live this out. And so it's in a new light that the readers here and that we ourselves get to see this commandment. Imagine sixth grade Cody taking piano lessons. Okay, I did that. Then sports happened seventh grade. Bye bye piano. But imagine me sitting there playing a, a song for my mom, right? And then dad takes mom to a date to see some orchestra play, and they hear the same song. They already, they already heard the song horribly, right? But then they saw the orchestra perform it in a new way. They, they knew it, but they saw it in a new light. And that's what we see here. This, it's an old commandment, but it's also a new commandment. Jesus living this out, they saw it in a new way, yet it's still foundational. And what I love about this, before John gets to the command to love your brother, to not hate your brother, it's like he already knows that this is a tough task, right? It's like he already knows. Imagine me um, playing, when I played football, whenever I did something bad a lot of times, um, or if I was just kind of in my own head, I would come stand over to the side from the team. I was kind of that loner. I'd just process internally and kind of look at the game and I'd just be in my head. And sometimes it takes that teammate or the coach coming beside you and saying, hey, you got this. We've practiced. We've done this. You got this. You're ready for this. You're prepared. And we see at the latter half of verse 8, John says, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining, and then he goes into this test of love and love your brother. It's like he's coming alongside and saying, hey, John's saying, hey, I know this is hard, but you got this. Jesus has already come. The light is already shining. You've been empowered. You've been strengthened. You can do this. No matter how hard it may be, no matter how crazy or how big the disagreements may be, you can love your brother. You can love your neighbor. And then the command comes. And that should give us confidence and assurance that, hey, God is for us, which we'll sing about later. But the light is already shining. God has done the work so that we can love and to love well. So that begs the question of what does this love look like, right? What does true love look like? What's the evidence of it? Well, this takes us back to what Pastor Drew preached on last week, because today's the test of love. And then last week, we saw the, the first test that John mentions of, of a true faith, of a pulse check, your faith. And that was obedience to the word. 
And I think love is the baseline because out of love comes obedience. Out of love flows obedience. Although John mentioned obedience first, I think it all starts with love um, because that's where it flows from. If you love someone, you're not going to steal from them. If you love someone, then you're not going to commit adultery against them. If you love someone, you probably won't murder them, right? Like it's this concept of out of love flows obedience. And that was test one at the beginning of chapter two that we talked about last week. And then today we see this command to love itself. And so how did Jesus love? If we're supposed to imitate Jesus, as I read this list of kind of these different ways in which Jesus loved, check your pulse. See if you're loving in the same way. Jesus loved those who loved him. Sounds pretty simple, right? Those who you get along with, those who are with you, your crew, your posse. He loved his crew. We should love our crew well. He also loved those who killed him. While he was hanging on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Check your pulse. He loved the outsider. He welcomed the outcast in to him. In love, he challenged people not to sin anymore. That's a part of love, of not sinning anymore and challenging others. In love, he challenged religious leaders to stay true to Scripture. In love, he provided for those in need. In love, those that others hated, he went to their own homes and, and sat at their tables and ate with them. How many times have we done that? Check your pulse. In love, Jesus served those who were supposed to be serving him. He was always pushing himself down to push others up. You see, it wasn't just words. Jesus didn't love just in actions. He loved in word and deed. Does your life look that way? Do you love in word and deed? As a Christian, love should be a defining characteristic of who we are. As a Christ follower, love should define us. John Stott says it this way. Hatred is a characteristic of the world as love is of the Christian. If someone said, hey, define me in four or five different words, would love be one of them? I'd argue that maybe it should be higher on the list than what it may be now. But we see here, if we love Jesus and we love his way of life, then there's this alternate that we can't love. And we read about this in scripture and that leads us to our point number two, do not love. So our, ver our chapter continues in verse 15. So we're kind of skipping to the bottom part of our passage here. It says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world. The desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. So many of you know, if you've been with us for a time, I've, I've talked about me, Kelsey and I before, but Kelsey and I dated for seven years before we got married. Now imagine our wedding day, okay? After these seven years, just imagine our wedding day. It was beautiful. We were in her parents' front yard, log cabin, creek on the East Coast of North Carolina. Beautiful. And just imagine, you know, I'm standing up at the altar with the pastor, waiting for Kelsey to come kind of out of the house and down. And, you know, I see Kelsey come out, her dad on her side. She's got no shoes on because she left them in the house, which is just like her. She gets there to the altar. The pastor is uh, going through the service. 
And then we get to the part of the vows, and you know, I vow this and I vow that to love and to hold, to cherish, to death to us part. But Kelsey, also, I vow that there's other, there's another woman, and you know, you're not the only one. That doesn't add up. What would Mr. Jamie do, right? I would be scared for my life for the man on the front row. Like you can't love, I can't love Kelsey and another woman. That's the picture we see painted here. You can't love Jesus in the world. You can't love the things of Jesus and the things of the world. To love or not to love, your choice. You can't do both. But what does the world look like? We see in our passage, it says, um, for all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, desires of the eyes, the pride of life. See the things that look good, the things that feel good, the things that make us feel better than what we are. And we talked about pride a few weeks ago. David Allen says it this way. And so as I read this quote from David Allen, check your pulse. Test yourself. Here's what the world looks like. A fixation on material over spiritual. Where are you there? Do you love the things of the world more than the creator? Do you love the created more than the creator? Promotion of self over others. How often do you short other people so that you can gain? How often do you not think of others so that you can be pushed up, recognized? That's more a worldly thing. Pleasure over principle. How often have you forsaken your principles and values to gain pleasure, whether it's you know, the, the, the looks from other people saying you did a good job, whether it's this feeling, that is a worldly thing. Pleasure over principle. These are just a few descriptors of the world, world system John's talking about. The word world here means everything that opposes Christ and his work on earth. And so check your pulse. Are you loving Christ? In his creation, or are you loving the world and the world system and the way the system works? If you want to read more, I encourage you to go to Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 16. You see the fruit of the Spirit, and you'll see what the world is. You'll see this dichotomy laid out pretty plain. If you go to Acts chapter 2, you'll see what love lived out looks like in community, starting in verse 42. It's Galatians 5 and Acts 2, verse 42. Read those, and you'll see this played out, and lived out. But this takes us to the, the baseline, this baseline that is love. 1 John chapter 2, going back to verse 12, and you'll see these words repeated, but it says, little children, young men, fathers. Little children, young men, fathers. Again, I've had a lot of sports, and, sports illustrations today, but when the word baseline came up to me for the sermon, when it popped in my head, the first thing I thought of was basketball. And I thought of basketball when you hear the coach, fee, 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 fee. And it's like, you know, it's that whistle blow, you know? It's like baseline, everybody to the baseline. And you knew sprints were coming. You were going to run it maybe a little bit, maybe a lot of bit, but you were about to run. And it all started on the baseline. Our faith starts with love. No matter where you are on the journey, whether you are a little child in your faith, you're just getting started, you're kind of immature in your faith, but you're there. Whether you're a young man, you're, you're more mature, but you're still not you know, a father as this who is more mature. Everyone still has room to grow, but everyone's 
somewhere on their journey. Love is a baseline for everyone. This command to love is for everyone. It's not something that, hey, once you reach father status, now you love. Or it's not something you outgrow. Hey, once you become a young man, okay, love is kind of a side note here. Love matters. Love is the baseline. But think back to chapter one. Chapter one, verse four says this, we are writing these things so that your joy may be complete. Again, this is not a measuring stick or something to feel condemnation, but it is a thing to say, hey, where am I? Where do I need to grow? How do I need to grow? Help me. And here's the good news. No matter where you are on this journey, little child, young man, father, or maybe you don't even see yourself in that faith journey, that scripture says, even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That he loved us so much, he gave himself for us. Everyone is somewhere on their journey. Where are you? How can you grow? Love is the baseline. How can you grow in that love? So how do we do this? What's the application? How do we actually live this out? I think there's three different ways. Number one is to abide in him. We read that in our passage. We read it all throughout scripture, but we are to abide in him, to know his word. You have to know his word. You have to live life with him. And so I encourage you to read your Bible every day, somehow, some way. Start in 1 John. We'll be in 1 John for a few weeks. Start reading 1 John. There's, there's two more Johns after that. Like start, in, start here, but abide in him. See where that takes you. Secondly, display love, not just in word, not just in deed, but both on your Facebook status. When something crazy happens in our world, how do you love no matter what you think? Do you love well in your life, in your friend group, in your neighborhood? Do you love well? Do you care for people? Do you serve people? Are you always puffing yourself up? Display love in your words and deed. And then lastly, find someone to mentor. Kind of focusing on the, the fathers here in this journey of life. As student pastor, obviously I care about our students and the statistic out there is every student before they go off to college needs four to six adults who are leading them in the faith in order for their faith to stick. Our students need more faces. Our students need more people leading them to Jesus so that their faith will stick. That's why we're here. That's why we do youth groups so I can be a face for your kids, so our volunteers can be a face for your kids, but they need more. They need more. Find a student to mentor. Find someone younger than you in your faith walk to mentor. If you're, if you're old and married, find a young married couple to mentor. There's young couples in our church that need you. Life is hard. And Kelsey and I celebrated five years last month and I have no idea what the next however many years are gonna be. Like we need help. Find someone to mentor. And then if you're younger in your faith, look for someone. Look for someone to tap. The big idea is the baseline evidence of our faith is to live a life of love for Jesus and your neighbor. Love Jesus well, abide in Jesus, and love for neighbor is just a, a fruit that is bare. But you can't, you can't fully love your neighbor well if you don't love Jesus well. And if you're not loving your neighbor, 
Your Paul says, Are you, do you love Jesus? But what's good is that Christ died for us while we were still sinners. There's no condemnation in this message. The baseline evidence of our faith is to live a life of love for Jesus and our neighbor. Let's pray. To love you or to love the things of this world is so easy to get caught up. Scripture all the time talks about being ensnared or being trapped. This world has many traps. I just think about my, my grandma always telling me, oh, you don't hate, you just don't like. God, I honestly think that's messed me up. I think some things that I say I don't like, I'm actually displaying hate. God, I pray that you, I pray that you would search my heart, that you would know me where I may even think that I'm loving. Maybe I'm displaying hate. God, help me to love all those around me well. Help me to imitate you, Father. Father, thank you for be, being the shining light. You've already done the work. You've done the work for us to be saved, to be forgiven of our sins. God, and you've done the work to, to empower and to strengthen us to go out into this world and to live for you. Help us. Father, thank you for, for no condemnation. John 3.17 is one of my favorite scriptures. God, you came to love and to save. Help me to grow. Help me to check my pulse and continue to grow every single day. Father, we pray all this in your name. Amen.